This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
All right, we are rolling, and I'm here with my new friend Leah Garber. How are you today? I'm really good, excited for our time together. Absolutely, me too. Thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to this conversation. We kind of outlined a number of topics that are pretty exciting to talk about, um, rather deep talk topics, and but powerful topics nonetheless. You know, I think topics that need to be explored because um, there's just a lot of unanswered questions and what do we do? H- how do we make a new paradigm of Kundalini experience? I know that that's what you're doing. Um, you have created a practice for yourself um, called Aura Kundalini Yoga. And before we dive into the big topics at hand, I would just love to hear, how did you discover yoga? How did you find the Kundalini path? What was your training? Because I know you're a teacher. And, you know, where do you teach? And what, what is Aura generally? Thank you. Um, feeling like taking a deep breath before I answer. <sighs> <sighs> so um, my journey started, um, I think from when I was very young, I always had, uh, I was always in leadership. It was, if it was a dance, if it was gymnastic, and I ho- always had a lot, lot of energy and power and same also my family. So I do know when I born, I was like, okay, something is up here. Um, I found myself at age 18 uh, and a half living in New York City, building a multi-million company for my partner at that time. And during the time that I was working, um, I felt in a certain point that I'm not healthy anymore. <clears throat> it's just too much for my system, too much for my body. I was very excited. Prosperity came in really strong. Um, our name, um, I was in the news in New York. It was kind of like I was out there. And um, in a certain point, I was like, I don't feel good. So I went to different yogas. I started with Hatha. And then one day, I found myself going to Sanatam Core class in Integral Yoga in Chelsea. And when I was in her class, she made us bring our arms to the side for a while. I think it was like 10 or 11 minutes. And we needed to circle them to the back with breath of fire, which... I didn't have a clue what is that. And I started to cry really deeply. And I just heard something is going on here. So I went to her in the end of the class and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce your name. (laughs) But why was that? And she looked at me so deeply in my eyes and she was like, you need to teach that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I was in a party mode, totally like workaholic wearing high heels, raving all over New York City, Lower East Side. And I didn't even think that yoga teaching will be my path. And I said, so how do I study? And she was like, go buy a DVD in the library and go study with Gurmukh, go to India and find yourself in an immersive, you know, training. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I bought the DVD. I couldn't do the length of the practices of the DVD, sure. half of what was in the, in the practice. And all the time Sanatam say, the Sanatam is Gurmukh together. She said, look at her, she's 70 and I'm like 18 and a half. And I just cannot <sighs> move my arms in the same length as both of them. Right. So um, basically I found myself in India and I was staying for one year and I was studying and teaching and 
having two yoga studios, one in Rishikesh and one in Dharamsala. I was renting a, renting a spot and I was teaching Kundalini all the time. And I felt that what it's doing to me is focusing me. Yeah. It's taking all the horsepower I have and all the fire I have. And rather than being like thrown to 10,000 different things that I want to do in my life, um, it helped me to narrow to the center to be on the path of my purpose and on the path of my my strength. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And my strength is intuition. My strength is to be honest, to be vulnerable, to deliver uh, information in a way that is like super down to earth. And even though my English was a challenge for me, I felt the Kundalini energy honestly made me even be more clear with my language, which when I didn't practice, it was harder for me to express myself. So after a few years, I, um, I opened Aura, and Aura is a platform uh, to empower the divine feminine, um, mm -hmm. also the divine masculine, but I specialize with women and conscious pregnancy, conscious conception, women empowerment, conscious leadership for yeah. feminine leaders. And of course, I have also men that coming to study with me, but I can see, like, I'll be honest, the majority is women. Sure. And um, I also do teacher trainings for becoming a Kundalini teacher and uh, weekly classes, workshops, and courses. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah, it's such a powerful technology, uh, Kundalini Yoga. Uh, when I first discovered it, it was a, a few, you know, it was a few weeks, maybe a few months after what I call my awakening, um, which happened in the woods with magic mushrooms. Uh, people that have heard my podcast are very, very well aware of this experience. I've talked about it at length, so I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I just needed to know what happened to me. And it was such a powerful experience. I, I didn't know what to make of it, but I go home, I start searching what is spirituality? What is consciousness? What are mystical experiences? Because I just had one. And this term kept coming up over and over and over. Kundalini, Kundalini awakening, Kundalini arousals, Kundalini energy, Kundalini yoga. And I said, what is all this Kundalini? Let me read into it. So I dive deep into it. I read everything I can about it. I listen to all the YouTube videos about it. I used to have a job uh, pushing carts at HEB, um, a local grocery store chain. And they let you listen to, you know, stuff in your earphones while you're out there pushing the carts, like bringing them back in for people to reuse. And I was just milking this time, you know, I'm getting paid. I'm, it's my job, but, but to, to learn about Kundalini, I'm listening to hour long podcasts, hour long documentaries, everything under the sun, Kundalini this, Kundalini that. I'm like, that's what happened to me. Whatever happened to me on the mushrooms in the woods was a kundalini awakening. Like, it's lining up with everything <clears throat> I'm hearing. Um, so, a few months later, I hear about there's kundalini yoga class coming to San Antonio. And I say, oh, now's my chance. Let me do this. So, I go in. I have the experience. You know, we do the tune-in mantra. I don't know it. So, I just absorb the energy of everyone around me chanting the Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. And I'm like, whoa, whatever that was, like this first 30 seconds of class, I'm already like, I'm at home. Like that was magical. Like whatever just happened with all of us tuning in, that frequency just started opening my chakras immediately. Like 
almost wanted to cry. You know what I mean? It was just like, how beautiful. Okay, and let's, now let's see what's next in class. And, you know, we do some stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is hard. And it's weird because it's not hard in a way that Hatha is hard. It's not like, oh, it's stretching my hamstrings and I can't stand up on my one foot. It's, it's hard in a completely different way. It's very intense on the nervous system. Um, and as teachers, we know that what we're working on are the nadis or the psychic energy channels that flow through the body. You know, there's 72,000 of these energy channels. Most of them are dormant in most people. They're not using them. The ends are kind of fried up and they're not connecting all the way, you know. But as you start using this practice, you start opening those energy channels, um, as well as the ida, the pingala, and the shashumna, which are the central channels through which the kundalini uh, flows once it becomes unblocked, um, once we arouse it from the base of the spine so that it can ascend the chakras and bring us into these heightened states, um, these peaceful states, these spiritual states, meditative states. Um, it's just such a powerful technology. Um, and I, and I loved it immediately. And I was like, whatever this is, I want more. So I kept going to class. Oh, wow. I can become a teacher. Like, Hmm, am I called to that? I think I am let me take teacher training, you know, and I took my teacher training. I did it once, got my 200 hour certificate. My buddy started seeing, uh, who I call my yoga bro, um, Steven, he started seeing Kundalini changing me. He started seeing me becoming brighter and better and sharper and more creative. And he said, Matt, what is this Kundalini? Let, Let me try it too. He came to class. He loved it. He said, I want to become a teacher. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to go back to school with you. So I went back. I took Kundalini Yoga wow. teacher training again. So <laughs> I took it another 200 hours. So I got 400 hours now. Mm. Freaking loved it. And I would go again. That's how much I love it. You know, yeah. like, I'll just become a certified 100 times if I need to, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just so fun. The community is all there. Like we're charging each other up. We're healing together. Yeah. It's just such a powerful experience. Um, changed my life, you know, saved my life in many ways. So I start practicing, you know, I'm teaching, I'm holding circles. It's becoming part of our life. And then right around COVID, you know, Something happened with our community, something big. Most people already know what it is. I don't have to go into all the details. A book was written and it came to light that who had popularized Kundalini Yoga in the West, Yogi Bhajan, had committed many misdeeds. Um, And so many of us lost respect for him. Um, We thought, how could he do that? Like, I thought he was enlightened, you know? (laughs) Um, Clearly we shouldn't be holding people on such a pedestal. And we're yeah. learning that. Um, he's just a guy. He's just a man. He, he knew what was up. He was channeling some powerful teachings, but he still had the fallacies all that all of us have. He wasn't perfect, you know? And so that was a humbling experience um, to learn someone who we held in such high regard was a lot less than perfect. Um, so I had this heartbreak of, I can't practice this anymore. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. Like it was heartbreaking. I was in mourning. I was, this is, this is a bad time. (laughs) You know what I mean? And of course I'm tying in with the communities. I'm in the Facebook groups and everyone else is 
what do we do? What do we do now? Is it over? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to be over because it saved my life. Um, But I did take a break from the practice for a few months. And I kind of fell into a little bit of a slumber. I started to not feel so good. Yeah. And I said, what is missing in my life? Why do I not feel like myself? And it came to me, you need to practice this kundalini yoga again. So I didn't read the books anymore. I didn't listen to the Yogi Bhajan stuff anymore. I just started doing the Kriyas I knew just from my own practice. And I got my energy back. I felt like I recharged my nadis and my chakras. And I started to feel more like myself again. Mm-hmm. So the big question is, you know, what do we do with this lineage, with this practice Yeah. in the wake of all of that? Because like it still works, even though the guy was not so nice as we thought he was, you know? Um, and I know that you're trying to create uh, a new paradigm of Kundalini experience. And I feel like that's what I'm starting to do too. I've only taught a handful more times since I reintegrated this in my life, probably 10 times, but I certainly feel called to teach more and I want to teach yeah. more, but I, I just want to open this conversation around how do we teach this moving forward? Yeah. You know, what does this all bring up for you? Yeah. And I know this is a very sensitive subject and I feel, of course, I feel sensitive to talk about it too. And I, whoever listened to us, um, if you know about what happened in the past or not, <clears throat> it's, Thank you for being here. But um, I feel for me, when the whole story with with the leader of this um, uh, community happened, even though he was not alive anymore, in a sense, um, I felt I experienced a relief. I was very angry and very sad. And I also was like, I don't know, what should I do? I was very embarrassed. I was ashamed that I, you know, quote him and put a photo and photo, photo of me and photo of him during the years. And I, you know, my family was supporting me and I was talking with friends and um, a lot of people were calling me and said, listen, whatever happened, you have to keep teaching because you're gifted with that, with this, with this loving energy that you're sharing and you'll see everything will reorganize itself. So what I experienced is, first of all, a relief that I don't need any male or female um, leaders above me to to lead me somewhere. Um, I do know that in the mm-hmm. past it was very popular and it was very uh, necessary. Um, you know, you know, as a mother, also I'm the leader of my daughter, and you know, our ancestors are the the people that giving us the information about the stars, the moon, the astrology, uh, different things they knew before us. So, you know, it is very important to listen to elders and and learn and, and respect lineages. And we also witnessed on planet Earth that many spiritual leaders, um, if it's yoga teachers or other leaders, again, in a spiritual world or not, um, cre- uh, did uh, and had uh, moments of dishonesty, especially uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, with sexuality, yeah, and women, and I feel it is very touching my heart, and it is a very important subject. So I decided to continue forward. I am continuing to teach Kundalini experience uh, with the movement of Kundalini Yoga because 
I researched that for 10 years now. I see how it feels for pregnant women. I see the results for people that are confused. I see it results from people that have a heartbreak, healing trauma, healing addictions, divorce, um, mental imbalances. I see. So I believe that what is the most important for us as the leaders of the future um, is to focus on our inner strength and use the practice and go deep to our own um, vibration as teachers. The whole mantra is about Satnam, is about tuning to your own truth and find the truth inside. So for me, the new paradigm of Kundalini energy is that I bring a lot of feminine energy into it. I bring a lot of me and my clients. My clients and me are equal. I don't want to be on a pedestal. I've been in the past yeah. a little bit in my community. I saw it's just creating distance between me and my clients. I don't want to mm -hmm. be on a pedestal. I feel it is so fun and so liberating to be a leader that is down to earth, that is not yeah. putting anyone on a pedestal. I am inspired by other teachers. I'm inspired by the elders. I'm inspired by gurus. I'm inspired by source, but there's no one or anything that I will ever find myself adoring, bowing. I want to be like telling others to bow to nothing. And that's yeah. a big lesson. You know, uh, I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh that said it, or, um, and I believe it, that the new guru or the new Buddha is a community. And I do mm -hmm. feel that my community or different communities we're building, we create an energetic together, a frequency of a change, a frequency of love, a frequency of healing. I see it as a container, as a womb mm -hmm. container. You like to go to trainings. I like to go to trainings and to do workshops and immersions and retreats. Why? Because it's a womb. It's, a, it's warm. It's a container. It's holding you to have your evolution. So I choose to teach and I choose to take out of the teachings a lot of his teachings because I use my teachings and yeah. universal truth teachings, but I'm not quoting anything using images. Uh, out of a respect for all the people that did get hurt. And yeah. fi final thing about it is, you know, there's so many yoga leaders that have been caught uh, with a misconduct and, mm. you know, and it's an end of an era. So for us to continue the new paradigm is to stop doing that. And it's to use right. our energy, our <clears throat> money, our power, and our sexuality in a clean way. And if 100%. we're not on a pedestal, then I know in my community, if I ever did something that, or, or had a blind spot, my people lift me. They tell me, hey, look, look at that. And, and it's so amazing. But if I'm on a pedestal, nobody can tell me anything because they're afraid sure. of me. Right. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Well said. Um, the first thing coming to mind is that while that teacher, Yogi Bhajan, did popularize Kundalini Yoga in the West um, during the 70s, 80s, and so on, um, he is not the first teacher of Kundalini Yoga. This is an ancient practice, at least hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. I mean, the term itself dates back thousands of years. Yoga, the, the Kundalini Yoga itself, there was actually a teacher 
um, that was teaching Kundalini yoga 30 years before I believe Yogi Bhajan was even born. Uh, it might be, it might be 30 years before he started to teach, but it was, it was 30 years that, you know, before Yogi Bhajan and and this teacher's name was, uh, Swami Sivananda Saraswati. Um, he's on uh, Wikipedia. If you go to Kundalini yoga on Wikipedia, you can see that he's one of the first sources to cite Kundalini yoga and, and start teaching these practices. Um, I have a book by one of his students called Kundalini Tantra. And in the book, it's dedicated uh, to Swami Sivananda Saraswati um, because he taught this guy how to um, activate Kundalini and and the teachings of Kundalini Yoga. So there's another book called Kundalini Tantra. You can find it on Amazon. I have it. It's it's powerful. It's certainly a little bit different than Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan. but the essence of it is the same. You know, we're still activating the nadis, the shashumna, the kundalini energy. The exercises are just a, a tiny bit different, a little bit. But, you know, the essence of it all is there. So, my point is to throw away a practice that is powerful and that works because of one guy and his misdeeds doesn't make sense to me. I know a handful of people are saying, I will never practice it again. Like it's, 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 it's ruined for me now. I can't, but like it goes back further than him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I think a little bit of the new paradigm is, is seeing the even more ancient roots than just who popularized it in America. This thing comes from India. It's hundreds of years old, maybe thousands of years old. And yeah, you know, a couple you know, like one guy shouldn't be able to ruin it for the thousands and millions of people who love this practice. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say about that? Yeah, I guess, you know, the origins of yoga um, coming from long, long time ago, and I'm sure he was not the first one that invented it uh, and brought it to the West. You know, I have gratitude for this practice coming to my life. And um, I feel everybody should go and tune in with how they feel. I know some people will never practice it again. I know some people are really angry. I know some people don't care. I know some people even don't know. And I feel like, you know, this is a time that there is enough going on in the world. And it's the time to simplify, Uh, simplify things, choosing from, you know, a really honest place in ourselves. Uh, if I had an experience that I was done with this practice, always teaching it, I will just let it go. Um, each one of us can feel inside and um, see how, what is what is your heart telling you. I feel a lot of people put the practice in order to satisfy a teacher or a leader. And this is a lot of the majority of people that sometimes are leaving. Or, of course, I can understand why someone will say, you know, I don't like that story. I don't like to hear those uh, uh, behavior, then I, I don't want to do that. And in the same time, again, um, we a lot of teachers did it in the past. So, what, so if we all choose not to practice yoga at all, well, it will be good for us. No, yoga is an amazing ancient wisdom that supports mm-hmm. uh, many humans on the planet right now to calm the nervous system, to go back home, to find the breath. I ha- I hear miracles for people with so many different practices, not just Kundalini yoga, any yoga. And in many kinds of yoga, we heard those stories. So this is the time that, um, you know, it's a personal experience. Whoever feel called 
to continue to practice, then great. I think I chose to say yes to the practice and to see for the things that I didn't like. I don't want to wear all the time white. I don't want to cover my head all the time when I teach or when I don't teach. I, I don't want to do anything that is dogmatic for me. For yeah. me, I want to look the wild me when I want, the yogi me when I want, the divine feminine, the, all the parts of me. I feel for me, the new paradigm is not just to say that I want to be authentic, to really live in an authentic way. And I feel I'm finding that here in Berkeley, California, in my community, and also for myself, that to be a yoga teacher or a Kundalini yoga leader, teacher, whatever you want to call it, my life are not perfect. I go through hardships. I have moments that I am not fully awakened in my mind. Uh, I felt in the past I needed to hold a certain persona, dress in a certain way, and today I feel liberated. I am yeah. staying honest and true to myself and feeling the new way to take it is to really be me and yeah. feel free. Amen, amen. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's funny because, you know, Stephen, I mentioned him earlier, he, he and I would sit in the woods and practice our yoga and our t-shirts and our skateboard shoes and, you know, just looking chill, you know, long hair, hippie guys, smoke a little weed, you know, doing the yoga. Uh, and we, we said the same thing. We said, we don't need to wear all white to teach this. We're just bros, you know, it's, I don't want to be something I'm not. It's not like I wouldn't wear white. I wear white when I want to wear white. But as far as like, I can't teach it unless I'm in white. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little silly. I, I mean, respect to that, the technology of using that to purify your aura. I get it. But all the time. Yeah, I agree. I shouldn't. Oh, guys, I can't teach you today. I forgot my white shirt. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, and of course, we. I I feel like you know the idea for me. I was wearing white even before I did Kundalini yoga. I was studying Kabbalah and Tarot and Hermology and astrology and astral traveling and um, lucid dreaming in Guatemala, and I was studying in a in a sacred school at night in my dreams. That was my mm -hmm. practice. And in my, that sacred school that I still go sometimes in my dreams, when I remember nice. the address, there's a specific address to go before you go to sleep. And, um, you know, we were wearing white a lot. And, and, I, and I feel the idea of wearing white is just a ceremony. You know, when people get married, yeah. there is a white dress. When right. there's a ceremony, if it's a medicine ceremony, kundalini ritual. So wearing white comes from a place of ceremony. Yes, holding space for people. Um, I always say, I don't do anything to the people in my class. We tune into source energy, and there is a stream of energy we all bring with our hearts. So, <clears throat> of course... Uh, dressing up and, and being in a place of clarity and respect when we lead is something that is very important. But also remember, I don't live, you know, uh, I'm not a master that living in India and have, you know, um, devotees. Today, the new paradigm is I'm a strong, powerful, loving, clear, mm -hmm. devoted woman mm -hmm. on a path of self-mastery. I am not a master, which means I'm on a path of self-realization. I'm on a path of taking the, the, the hard moments in my life and transform them into lessons. I'm on a path of 
you know, finding uh, more and more ways to connect to source and share it with my people. And this yeah. is different. This is a new paradigm for me as well. And in mm. the community that um, is, is just more liberating and more beautiful and more accessible. Don't mm. we want to connect with many? For me, I feel one of my missions is I'm here to connect with as many humans on the planet to support mm. the space uh, for them to connect mm. their mind, their body, and their soul. I'm mm. not doing that. It's the space. Yeah. You know, so also when we heal relationships between each other, we're healing the space. Same with yoga. It is space. It is a container. For me, the new paradigm, it is a feminine container. And mm-hmm. um, I feel safe. I feel safe yeah. in my community. I feel safe as a woman. There's no any men around me that will tell me what to do. And if it will, I, I will know I'm doing the wrong thing because this mm-hmm. is an end of an era in many areas for us, you know, and the world is going to change to a better place when humans respect the womb. This is where life comes from. Yeah. This is where men and women come from. You know, I didn't choose that that's the way it's going to be. That was how source created it. So respecting the womb, respecting the divine feminine, respecting the kundalini energy, men and women, it's not even a gender. This is bringing a huge healing to the world. And that's why my passion is to work with that energy. Yeah, I agree. Well said. And I want to say something too about the, the, the feminine and the masculine, which is, you know, I have eyes and I could see that most yogas are, you know, most cl- yoga classes are, it's full of women, yeah. women, and it's being taught by women, you know, like I know guys that teach, but it's fewer and more far between. But I, what I will say is for some reason, the guys that I know that teach specifically Kundalini yoga seem to be in touch with their feminine aspect. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a, an, an empath, an empath ability. They have, they have uh, empathy they maybe are an empath. They can feel where other people are at. They can feel deeper energies like women can, you know, Mm -hmm. they can tune in to deeper feelings, heart, heart feelings. These guys, maybe we cry a little more. We feel things a little deeper. Uh, A good song might make us tear up or a good (laughs) movie. You know, some people, they just don't cry. You know, it's just, they're very masculine. uh, Testosterone's flowing and, bro, why are you crying, bro? You know, it's like, <laughs> I just, I think there is something to be said about the, the feminine and that being the new era of Kundalini Yoga. I agree with that. I would love to be led by females, you know, like I find them extremely wise and magical beings, you know, I mean, most of guys like, you know, women for good reasons, you know, of course they look great and, <laughs> but just the energy, right? Like yeah. the energy that the, the, the nurturing motherly the moon energy mm-hmm. it's just very healing so i just want to echo what you're saying and that you know whether you're a guy or a girl and you're teaching this kundalini yoga like to bring the feminine into the room to touch in with your feminine aspect uh, that doesn't make you less of a man it just makes you a more well-rounded human being yeah generally would you yeah. agree with that yeah and also for, for us for women we also in touch with our own masculine you know for me to to yeah. to do things 
I think, first of all, it's beyond gender. And second of all, I love what you're saying. And please source more of that, more of humans, men and women that are in touch with their empathy, that are in touch with their love, that are in touch with their emotions, that are in touch with their kindness. We need you. If you mm. listen today, we need you. We need it. It just makes such a better world for everyone. Second of all, I feel like for me, um, you know, some people are like, what is this divine feminine thing? This is like a fashion. I was like, no, you know, I asked myself many times and sometimes I had a doubt. I'm like, why, why is the divine feminine? But, you know, as a mother, the divine feminine is repressed. We give birth. Nobody give us anything extra. We breastfeed for, I breastfed until age three and a half. Did someone sponsor me? How can I work? How do I do all of it? Where is my benefits? Where is my support? You know how much life force, you know, to be pregnant? It's sure. equal to climbing Mountain Everest, scientifically. Yeah. So wow. where is the respect for that? Same with the earth. The mm -hmm. people that don't respect where they came from trash where they live on. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. It's beyond me as a woman is... I want my daughter, when I see that my daughter is honoring when she's a teenager, now she's six, but when she's a teenager, she will honor me and not fight with me or find like explosions with me. I'll know I did a good job because I always tell her, respecting the mother and the father, respecting the connection to where we came from, of course, if it's healthy and not abusive. Um, yeah then that's also a support to teach our next generation how to, to protect this earth because that's yeah. where we came from. Isn't it what are we made from? So for me to have, to have humans that are, have a genuine love inside of them, which the practice of Kundalini or any other yoga can activate, make you remember to connect to where you came from and to connect mm -hmm. to the mother womb, which is connect to the mother earth and not destroy this planet. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So good. Um, what's coming up next is I just wanted to, to kind of say about how <clears throat> I touched on how this practice dates further back than the last guy who popularized it in the West. There are other books. Um, there's even actually an older tradition, um, believe the book was written in uh, 1863, which is the uh, initial teachings of um, Kriya Yoga. Mm -hmm. So in, in Kundalini Yoga, we use this technology called Kriya, which uh, are the certain movements that, uh, again, activate these nadis, um, chakras, energy to flow through the body to do its healing magic. And so... There's a there's a several iterations of this technology. One's called Kriya Yoga. One's called Kundalini Yoga as taught by Swami Sivananda. One's called Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan. Um, so I just want to make it clear that I think people that feel like the practice is done because of this last guy that popularized it, Please read back further, do some research, mm -hmm. look, read into these other books, read into these other lineages, see how connected it all is. They're all the same technology. So there's a lot to be discovered. And, and 
we, the new leaders of the new paradigm of Kundalini experience, it's on us to inform ourselves, but all, and also share these stories and share these messages so that other people know that that exists too. So many people don't know what there's, what there's older Kundalini lineages. There's Kriya Yoga. What's that? I've never heard of that, you know, yeah. and I'm not trying to recommend go do Kriya Yoga, but I'm just trying to say like these technologies date back farther, further, further. I teach Kundalini Kriya. That's the way I kind of say what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kundalini Kriya is informed by our tradition of Kundalini Yoga, but also Kriya Yoga, which I have books about and I've been practicing for years. They're similar. Um, it's like you can do a handful of Kundalini Kriyas, like the ones we are aware of, and then shift into a Kundalini, uh, sorry, uh, then shift into a Kriya Yoga meditation. Mm-hmm. So Kriya Yoga is very heavy on meditation and visualizing the chakra system. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one meditation in the Kriya Yoga lineage is pretty much light up all your chakras, open the thousand petal lotus, have a cosmic experience. And I find that if you warm up with some of these Kriyas that you and I are very familiar with and then do that Kriya Yoga meditation, the body and the mind and the spirit is in a perfect place to receive that experience. Um, So just an example of what that meditation is. You focus on your root chakra and you pronounce these couple of sacred syllables. I believe one of them is Lam. One of them is Ram and and so on. I I don't fully remember all of them right now because usually I'm I'm being guided um, or I have the book in front of me. I could I could see them. But so you focus on that root chakra for about five minutes. You're visualizing the root chakra. Um, You're feeling where your bottom of your spine connects to the earth and you're repeating lam, 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 lam. Five minutes. You go up to uh, the next chakra and you say the next one. You go up to the next chakra. You say the next one. Five minutes per chakra. That's going to take you a good 20, 30 minutes, you know, so you're in a meditation for a heavy minute. But by the time you get to the thousand petal lotus, the the crown chakra, you're deep in it. <laughs> you're deep in it. And, and you have, you know, if you've done it well, and this is a practice, you might not do it right the first time, but you're going to have a kundalini awakening, you know, and it's, it's very powerful. So I just wanted to say that is um, while we are kind of trying to clear this, this energy from the lineage and um, move on to a new kind of paradigm. Uh, There's a lot of research out there to do. um, And it's not just coming from one single source, this, this idea of Kundalini yoga. What would you say about that? Thank you so much, Matt, for sharing. Um, First of all, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's a region of yoga that come from that, you know, came from Egypt. Um, it goes mm. far to there. Um, I'm not going to go into the history of all of it right now, but what I know is that um, I want to clarify for a second, what is Kundalini energy and what is yes. Kundalini experience? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can take all the words and all the facade from all of it and just saying that we as humans can be experiencing heavy emotions and thoughts and identify with our thoughts and with our heavy feelings and be stuck there for a long, long time Mm -hmm. and living in an illusion 
that we are the thoughts and the feelings which blocking our life from being more joyful, more fulfilling, and most important, you and me are here to fulfill our life purpose. We have a global purpose together, which is to bring light to planet Earth, mm-hmm. which we are a little bit not doing it. And mm-hmm. the second part is that each one of us is structured and born with a certain voice, look, accent, smell, behavior that is programmed and structured specifically to do a certain purpose that you are meant to do. Purpose is very important to keep the mind and the body and your actions in strength. Mm-hmm. I see elders that have a purpose and in their 80s or even 90s, they're functioning so well. Why? The mind have a purpose. It doesn't, it, it's not just here to get old. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and even my grandma is one of them, that don't have a purpose in the mind are staying in a physical form for long, long and many years, but there is no connection. It's hard mm-hmm. to watch. So I feel one of my purposes is to empower other people to connect to their purpose. Now, what you said, so Kundalini experience, it's about activating the breath, so it's not shallow. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for anyone to have a full-on awakening. I think it's, it's, it's a lot, but yeah. it is an inner arousal of your heart and your mm-hmm. senses and your passion and your inner light. It doesn't mean that you need to be fiery. It doesn't mean that you need to move fast. It doesn't mean that you need to be awakened or to have a Kundalini experience. It means you want to say yes to fully be in your body and fully enjoy the sense of smell and touch, hearing and seeing and experiencing your consciousness in this evolutionary time. Now, when you said about these mantras that you were chanting, it's interesting because for me, Kundalini experience started with study Kabbalah. And Mm. all the teachings of Kabbalah speaks about the tree of life as a path in your body, which is the path of how your energy moves. And the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, are the mystical Kundalini energy. And it is like learning Kabbalah for me was all about understanding how to activate the pineal gland in order to have clarity. And the word Kundalini was in all the books of the Kabbalah that I was studying. So I started to understand and through being silenced for 60 days, which you can move your Kundalini, which is actually your creative force in you, your life force energy, your sacred power um, through quiet, through being silenced for a long time, through vipassana, through the, through sacred geometry, through meditation, some people psychedelics, whatever people choose. Yeah. I see that for me, uh, kundalini uh, experience is um, helping to clarify, purify my mind, yeah. tuning into universal kind of truth or my truth. Mm-hmm. And functioning from a place of clarity and the least amount of resistance and not moving with my pain all the time, especially when we have hard moments in life. I'm having like pretty intense two years in my life right now. And mm-hmm. I didn't have that before in my practice. It may become with age or my karma, who knows? Definitely, mm-hmm. probably my karma. But in the last two years, 
I see how this practice helped me to not hold anything in my body. Like I'm having an experience and then I, the, the yoga helps to move it. So yeah. yes, Kriya yoga is, is, is there. Kundalini yoga is there. Silence, Kabbalah, anything that resonates with you, treating it in a sacred way and starting from people that are honest can enhance your whole life, your whole experience as a human being on this planet. Amen. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. You know, you said you were having a tough couple years. I get it. You know, I've, <laughs> I've been there too. But what I do find so beautiful about this practice, um, about Kundalini yoga and meditation and mantra is that I can find when I get into the deep states after I've practiced a set, practice a meditation, and I'll be sitting there just kind of soaking it in. I can find gratitude even for things that are tough, mm -hmm. even for things that aren't going my way or a thing that I wanted to happen didn't happen. I can kind of see, hmm, maybe it wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. You know, I wanted that. I thought I wanted that. But in this deep meditation I'm in now, I can see, ah, maybe it's a good thing that that thing didn't happen that I thought was going to, or I hoped was going to, or I was putting a lot of energy and it's supposed to happen. You know, I can just go I inwardly find this deep bow for the universe, for even the hard times, even the pain, the hurt that I've experienced because it's a lesson. Mm -hmm. So I kind of say just like, thank you for this lesson, a gratitude for this lesson. It wasn't a nice feeling when I had the pain. It wasn't a nice feeling when the thing didn't go my way. But uh, I can see the silver lining in it. I can see yeah. how it's making me better and I'm becoming stronger thanks to it. And that's mm -hmm. why I think this is such a powerful technology is like what else in life can make you so grateful for even things not going your way? I mean, mm -hmm. not a lot, you know, what would you <laughs> say about that? Um, first of all, I, I love this beautiful sharing and authenticity. And I think, you know, also if we, if the name of this podcast is a new paradigm in the past, I felt, you know, I was not sharing that I had a hard moment. It was just, you know, being bright and glowing in the skin and, you know, mm -hmm. being, you know, uh, it, it's not spiritual if we're having a hard moment. So I feel like, you know, being down to earth, I'm always sharing with my people and, I'm not sharing what exactly is happening in my life. It's not nobody's business to process. But I feel like, you know, I was saying in class, I am not perfect. I don't have everything nailed because I have a practice. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if I teach, you know, Kundalini experience, Kundalini energy, doesn't mean that everything is flowing great in my life. And yes, I think it is... Um, this practice help, helping me and supporting me many times, like you said, finding the the beauty also the planet jupiter in me the positive mm, charismatic part that always see the the goodness in things i have one friend uh, in the in the yoga community always say leah leah can find everything that is so hard and so intense and she will find what's good about it uh, <laughs> uh, it's like just her chart is like oh jupiter and i, I, I same 
Yeah. So we are Jupiter friends. Yep. 100%. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel it's, 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 it is helping when um, we practice and breathing, you know, I think the breathing is a magic because most humans, we breathe like very shallow. And suddenly, sometimes I feel that people that come to the class and it will be 11 minutes or four minutes doing. <laughs> Some people on the planet maybe will never breathe this amount of prana, life force into their lungs in their whole life. Yeah. In one class that you go. So totally. this is, it's a thought that I have. And I, th mm -hmm. I believe that this thought is true that the breath is refreshing so much the lungs and moving so much energy right. that you can have a new experience and a new perspective on your pain and your That's sorrow cool. and your grief and your hardship in one class. One yeah. class of Kundalini experience can shift a lot in your life, a Absolutely. lot. It really can. Mm -hmm. I've had that thought so many times. <laughs> I, I agree a hundred percent because um, the technology will make you feel things in your body. You didn't even know were possible. Um, for example, there's this Kriya. I'm forgetting the name of it. I've only practiced it maybe three times because it's so intense and I don't recommend someone go do it. I think it's a highly advanced one. So don't start off with this, but it's one where you, you interlace your fingers here at the third eye and you just hold this for 30 minutes. Uh, do you know Jupiter, what it's called? It's Jupiter Kriya is a Kriya for prosperity. It would it, be Jupiter Kriya. Wow, okay. And it goes with the mantra. Hare, 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 gobinde, hare, yep. hare, 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 that one made me feel a tidal wave of <laughs> energy through my whole system. And I, I didn't know I could feel that, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was the closest thing to psychedelics or psychedelic experience mm -hmm. that isn't a psychedelic experience that I've ever experienced. And, and so I agree that these classes and this Kundalini uh, experience is just so powerful and you will never people, so, so many millions, maybe even billions of people have lived and died and never had that feeling Never breathe that deep. Yeah. Never charge their body with so much prana. I agree. Um, yeah. And that's why it's such a powerful technology. Side note, on Jupiter, um, I don't even know if you know that I'm also a musician. And I just put out an EP called Jupiter. I saw it last night. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you should hear it. So I don't know if it'll be your style because it's a little intense. It but is my style. I listened last night. Oh, thank you. Um, so the last song, though, is a meditation track, um, which I think would be your style for sure. And it's called Microcosm. Um, and it's very much about that kind of smaller world within the larger. You know, there's the microcosm, there's the macrocosm. As above, so below. You know, what's happening to us is happening in the heavens. And then what's happening lower than us too, to the bug realms and the realms below the bug realms to the bacteria realms and the amoeba <laughs> realms. And it's just like this big fractal. Anyway, I love Jupiter. It's heavy in my chart. It's actually in my uh, house of career in Vedic astrology saying your, your career is charged with Jupiter. So, you know, I really relate to that. And actually it's conjunct with K2, the headless planet 
Um, so when Jupiter and Ketu come together, this makes a very yogic person. Mm. And so a yogic person in the house of career, it's just like, of course it would be, of course, of course, that's who I am, you know, so <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter fam, let's go. I want to add something here. Is that okay? Yeah. So first of all, um, yes, for the Jupiter friendship and yes, for the Jupiter Korea. And I want to say something about, um, you know, being spiritual or being mm -hmm. a yoga teacher and also have a business. Mm -hmm. um, I feel the new paradigm for me is that, yes, I do teacher I teach teacher trainings for people called self-mastery. And again, mm -hmm. is this is the path of self-mastery to becoming to master our thoughts and feelings. It's not about I'm a master or my clients will become masters. Mm -hmm. But what am I seeing here is that I feel in, in the past, they used to say, the teachers used to say, don't make you know, or monetize on being a yoga teacher mm -hmm. or a leader. And I, for me, in my understanding, why not? Mm. Why not? Because I thought I'm a really good salesperson. Mm -hmm. I was selling in New York City soaps to, to most of the, the celebs of New York City. I was selling mountains of soaps a day. You're okay? going Tyler Durden on it. Let's go. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that I didn't enjoy to create trash. Sure. I was wrapping those soaps in a, in a, in a paper, then in the plastic, then in a bag. The amounts of trash was not really great for my heart. I was like, I'm done. And at Christmas time, I had, you know, wrapping paper until my knees in the Soho. We were having 12 stores. I was working, I was managing all of them. I had 400 mm. employees and I was just like crapping like, like a fairy, mm. you know, it was like flowers <laughs> flying around us. And I'm like, so then I born with a charisma and magnetism to attract other people to what I do. To mm. sell a product for me, because I also care about the earth and I also connect to the natives and I also connect about climate and think about how my daughter will see dolphins and whales and have fish in the ocean. Mm -hmm. I feel that a job for me, it is great to work with energy. Mm -hmm. Guess what? There's no any trash I'm producing in my work. There's yeah. no any product I sell to someone from being in my consciousness. Mm -hmm. rather than supporting other humans to tap into their heart. So I great. think it is a very great trend. I think it is very great that it's fashionable to be a teacher. And yes, we are here in the new paradigm holding each other accountable mm -hmm. and, and using our power wisely. But I feel as a Jupiter sister <laughs> <laughs> and someone that is charismatic and can, can, can affect many then leadership right now is the way to go because I don't yeah. want to sell any product. Mm -hmm. I don't want to create yeah. any trash in the world. I love that. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I want to say something about um, energy exchange because I know a lot of people on the spiritual path kind of, they, they, they have this issue with money. They, they feel like <laughs> it's, it's bad, you know, like it's the root of all evil I can't teach for money, you know? I want to just say what I do. Um, everyone's open to do what they feel called to do. I'm not trying to give you a prescription of how to do it. But I'm just trying to say I teach donation-based classes. I say the donation is between $11 and $22, whatever you feel called. If you just want to experience today for free, you can. 
Like, I'm not going to hold it against you. You can come for free a whole bunch of times if you want. Eventually, you're going to want to give back because mm-hmm. it's going to do something for you. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather people come and sit for free than like stay blocked out because they can't afford $22. You know, so that's just personally what I do. And I find that it works. And here's why. I say 11 to 22, people give me 33. People give me 44. People give me 55 because they see the container I'm creating and they're grateful and they have the means to to afford that. So by doing a donation-based class, instead of just like, it's $20 and you can't come if you don't pay, sometimes I make more, yeah. you know, and then it evens out because someone gets to sit for free mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have tried to practice otherwise. I'd rather them try it. Yeah. So in, in the new paradigm of community experience, I kind of do think, you know, at least for myself, donation is working. And I just wanted to share like a story of like how it's working and why there's a pro side to it and not yeah. just a con, you know. So mm-hmm. for myself, I think we need to get over these stories about like I sh- you can't have a spiritual quote unquote job, you know, being a yoga teacher and actually make money from it. I think we need a form of energy exchange and it's not because I need a mansion. It's because if there's a if you put something into it, I mean when I mean when someone gives you something for free, you don't always prize it as much as something you bought. You know what I mean? It's like we get what we pay for in a sense, you know. Um there's this theory in marketing which I have a little bit of experience in due to working with uh, Sheath. Um, I do help with marketing. That is kind of like, um, you know, like the price point that you pay a thing for is what you value it at. If if you get this thing on like super, super discount, 90% off for $10 when it's usually $100, you're kind of like, yeah, this thing's actually only worth $10. (laughs) You know, If, if you buy it, for $100, you're like, no, this thing is sick. This thing yeah. is, it cost me $100. So, you know, it's just, we got to flip the, the script a little bit on money and wealth, prosperity yeah. in these communities as we move into the new paradigm. Yeah. Do you agree? You agree? Yeah. I, um, I want to share that I, um, I lived in India and I was teaching in a studio that I was renting and we were charged, it was my two friends of mine and me. And in the training, uh, I remember that when I started with Gurmukh, she said, uh, don't ever do it for free. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I said, you know what? Um, the, the class costs, I don't know, remember how much ru- uh, rupees was it in India? And, uh, mm-hmm. and then it was a few people said like, I love your class. It's so amazing. And I'm traveling and I don't have like, money and I I would love to come for free. And when they paid, they came to every single class. Guess what Mm. happened after I said free? Mm. They They never came. Yeah. And this is what I teach in my training. And I'm saying, listen, money is a living energy. Money Mm. is also a manifestation and extension of your energy in this realm. Yes, in the past, we exchanged chickens or seeds or tomatoes or vegetables. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of it is having a comeback. I'm so, so into, you know, closing swaps and like using things <laughs> again. And uh, in the same time, I'm really into teach women and myself and my daughter how to be prosperous. And men, all of us, yeah. I'm yeah. very feminist. I'm working on the two <laughs> things together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think prosperity is important because I'm saying to myself, what is better that the people that causing um, pain and, and negativity in the planet have the, all, the, all the resources to continue to cut rainforests or better all the natives will have it or better all the, all the people that have good ideas because my money goes to farmer's market. My money goes to, to a world of school of my daughter. My money goes to farmers. My money goes to other yoga teachers that need support. My money goes to advertise goodness in the world. So why don't, don't all the people that do want to do goodness in the world have lots of prosperity to continue to bring that prosperity to those communities. I don't do anything in the mainstream. I don't go to any mainstream shop. I don't buy any uh, things that harming the world mostly. Of course, here, I bought a compostable cup today. But still, you know, so I feel like I believe that we... The people of, I don't really even going to use the word spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Yeah. Even the negative is spiritual. But mm -hmm. the goodness of the, the people that want to take this planet to a good, you know, vibration, which is caring for the animals, the land, the food, the kids, the consciousness, the feminine, the birth, the rebirth. They, we need to have the prosperity because we will send it to the good places. So yes, for donation base, for me, I have high tickets to most of my things that are expensive mm -hmm. and I give a lot for free. I don't advertise on the internet. I have a lot of single mothers that don't have money to pay for my classes. They get some free stuff. A lot of people that wants to come to things that I do and they send such a beautiful email and a request and I'm like, of course, but it's right. not something I advertise. There's some things good, beautiful things we do and give under, mm -hmm. behind the scene that it is, is it touching my heart, you know? But yeah. I do see that when there is an exchange, if someone cannot pay for something, then exchange with work exchange, support, vegetables, fruit, something. So the energy, like you said, is, is clear. And even and people don't feel like they just take because in the end, they won't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Yeah, that just gave me the memory of one time someone came to my class and they kind of said, hey, dude, like, is it cool if I, like, just give you this to attend? And he gave me this dope crystal. And beautiful. I was like, yes, 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 this is freaking beautiful. <laughs> wow, thank you. I got more excited than the money. He's like, you know, so I'm just saying, like, just be creative, you know, like, bring a crystal, bring a, I don't know, a just bring a flower, you know, like it's just something. You or know? come to class, work on your consciousness and come back and have tons of prosperity from understanding how to use your creativity to yeah. not feel like you don't have enough. You know, I came from right. zero. I'm an immigrant. Uh, it's not that I'm a millionaire today, but I came mm -hmm. from not knowing the language, not being in this country, not mm -hmm. being native to here and not even thinking I want to be a yoga teacher. And today when I teach people to be teachers, I say, you can do it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I know because I climbed from a place of, of not having nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're running low on time. So I did have two more topics I want to touch on real quick. We'll stay around five minutes per topic. Um, so the first topic is trauma. So this is something I only recently learned about about a year ago about how animals discharge their trauma. So let's say an antelope is getting chased by a cheetah. It escapes. It outran the cheetah. 
the cheetah went off and did something else, you know, but, but like it has this trauma now, holy shit. I almost just died. I'm freaked out. So what the animal will do is it'll lay on the ground and it will shake. It'll shake, 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 shake its trauma so that it doesn't carry it into tomorrow and into the next day and into the week and into the month ahead. And it can go back to grazing and keeping, uh, you know, tending to its young. Now, humans don't do that. You know, we pick up trauma and we just bury it into ourselves. We just drink and smoke and everything under the sun to just not feel it. Um, I think what Kundalini Yoga does is after some of these Kriyas, it says, shake, shake it out, shake the arms, shake the body, keep going, shake, 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 keep going, shake more, shake harder, shake faster, <laughs> and release. Ah, and you just feel this, hmm, you just feel this like peace sweep over you. I wanted to say, I think that, you know, that's the technology that the animals are using when they discharge their trauma you know we're we're kind of doing it forcefully we're not sitting down the way the animal does it but it's still accomplishing the same thing where we can move that energy through the nadis and shake off that trauma you know what i mean and it's not like just doing it one time is gonna rid your body of of the trauma that we store i recommend everyone check out this book called the body keeps the score. Yeah. Um, and it's just a very powerful book. I think it's an amazing Dr. book. A lot yeah. of my clients read this book and had like profound awakening from it. Totally. So I just wanted to say like, when it comes to the shaking aspect of Kundalini yoga that we teach, um, I just get this inkling that that's what we're doing. We're shaking the, the yeah. trauma off of our body. Would you agree with that? Um, I agree with, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly if the shaking will move the trauma, but I know that what you said is the, this practice specifically, I like the correlation together with the animal. I didn't think about it. So this is very, mm -hmm. um, beautiful connection. I like how you connect so many dots with your, uh, mm -hmm. with what you think and what you see. So, so beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel, you know, there's some people that have trauma and the last thing they need is Kundalini yoga. Mm. And there's some people that experience trauma that the best thing for them is Kundalini yoga. Mm. So yeah. it is very, um, depend how we are wired. I have a lot of clients that come to me. My therapist told me to heal their trauma. I have to go to you. So I start to have this routine that I had one therapist that I really like in the, in, in the Bay. I work with a lot of healers beside myself. I'm surrounded by uh, healers of that I love. And it's not to be a routine that a lot of people go to my class and then they go after to the, this specific modality was EMDR, which is movement of the eyes and vibrations in the hands is an amazing uh, form of modality, modality of, of uh, therapy. And the, the client and the therapist, which is my friend, of course, everything was confidential. They say, this is amazing. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing this Kundalini practice and I move all my body. I shake, like you said, I move, I move, I move. And then I go and I process all of this with my healer or I go to my healer and then I go to your class and then I move what came up. So I, as I said, I continue to teach it and passionate about it and having a sensation of a new paradigm about it because I see for an era, 10 years 
of, of people that do deal with heavy, severe trauma and work with the support, with the practice. And of course, when I finish the class, I ground everyone to the earth. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge release of trauma. So yes, Matt, I do believe yeah. that when we shake, when we breathe, when we move, there is a huge release yeah. of things that we store in the body that maybe in the mind we already understood. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow, well said. I love that. So my last topic here is synchronicity. Mm. So this is something I just explored on my last podcast pretty deep. And I've touched on it a ton of my podcasts. But for myself, uh, when I use Kundalini Yoga and I and I walk out of the room after, I just like feel like my mind is so clear and I can see better. I could it's a breath of fresh air for my perception. And I can connect dots a little better. And I, and I feel like this, these magical moments of synchronicity just appear more rapidly the more I practice this yoga. And I think that there's, I don't know, there's something to it. Um, like as we're practicing it and clearing the mental cobwebs and getting off that hamster wheel of the mind that just repeats the same thought loops over, 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 we break through that. Mm-hmm. with this technology and we can see synchronicity in our life which is these 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 feelings of like wow like i just had thought about that and there it is it popped right in you know like sometimes it's an hour sometimes it's a day but like you'll have this idea that you want something to manifest in your life and boom it'll hit you pretty soon after so i just wanted to say like have you had this experience with synchronicity and in combination with Kundalini Yoga? And if so, what would you say about it? Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I know that the idea of working with Kundalini energy is uh, to synchronize the body, mind, and soul. Mm. So why do we want to synchronize the body, mind, and soul? Because the body is the vehicle of your soul. The mind is um, kind of like the computer inside your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then, so the body, the mind, and the soul. So then your actions, your thoughts, and your words have alignment. So you don't meet mm-hmm. someone and in your head you're like, oh, what the fuck, I don't want to talk to this person. But you're like, hey, so good to see you. Oh, my God, <laughs> I didn't see you for so long. This is an inner betrayal. Like there is like, mm-hmm. you know, the mind and the words are, and the emotions are not in alignment. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I did it in my life. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. We all did. As more I practice, and as more I um, melting the fear or melting, you know, different thoughts, then my my words are matching and synchronizing with what I feel. And mm-hmm. if I always say to people, "Who are you?" If your if your thoughts create reality, but you are not your thoughts, who are you? your soul you are the observant you are the awareness you are the awareness that is aware of the thoughts so when you practice kundalini one day i have that thought and i came to one of the elders i i she was my guide for many years she she loved the planet her name is celestine star and i love you so much um Mm. and i came to her one day i was like i was teaching and i was like 
my th- I came with this question to my students and she was like, what was it? And I said, if your thoughts create reality, but you are not your thoughts, so who are you? Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, I didn't know. I, mm-hmm. I again, we all on that path together. And she said, sweetie, you are the awareness. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. So synchronization mm-hmm. starts to be when we are allowing ourselves to be aware and practicing, like what you said, um, melting the noise mm-hmm. and all the thoughts. And then we start to be aware that everything is connected. Yeah. And I shared with you, like in another moment, we talked that, like about amazing. Co- I had last week, I was teaching a 5 a.m. class because for me, Kundalini experience uh, come deeply in my in an early morning practice before the sunrise. So whoever hear this podcast, you can join me uh, sometimes to morning practices or do yourself, put an alarm, go to sleep early and <clears throat> practice with the sunrise and collect the, the, the prana because for me, this is where, you know, yoga is with the sunrise, with the sun. Yeah. Um, I So it was two weeks ago, I was teaching a, a two-day 5 a.m. classes and the moment the class ended, I went out to the real world and it was a nonstop synchronicities. Um, I'll give an example of one of them. I was saying to my friend how much I need uh, a summer camp for my daughter. And yeah. I was like, I was so stressed, you know? And, and then suddenly in between us, this like amazing woman say, hey, Leah, it's Karen. And I'm like, hey. And she's like the, the manager of, she's the owner of that amazing camp for kids which is very conscious and exactly what i'm looking for and i'm like hey do you have space for my daughter she was like of course call me tomorrow my friend look at me we both like this is amazing and then after a few minutes i was saying oh i really want to teach in lib this year and i got a text hey do you want to be in the gong bath uh sanctuary and i was like i cannot do it but yes source you heard me yeah it's like big stuff it's not like just synchronicity with parking or synchronicity was thinking about someone and you see them it's like Mm -hmm. some some powerful synchronicities that can change my summer or my career so yes for (laughs) breath work eye gazing mantras movement Mm -hmm. asanas community will bring medicine to our life and remember whoever listened to us that the new paradigm is that you are focusing on yourself, on your strength, on your leadership. You do not bow to anyone that you don't know. Even stories from books, I don't know all of these people. So I bow to source, I bow to universal truth. And I'm inspired by Matt. I don't put Matt on a pedestal. I'm inspired by Gurmukh. She's not my, my everything. This is people that I'm inspired from because if we do that, when people put me on a pedestal in my classes or telling me I'm your new groupie, someone told me and I said, I love you and it can hurt my ego. I don't need that. Honestly, I don't need to be fed in that way. It's actually hurt in the end me as a teacher. So stay down to earth, new paradigmers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. Love it. Thank you so much, Leah. That was an amazing podcast and super glad to be connected with you. Um, Where can people find more from you? You know, give us your website, your social media handles and all that good stuff. You're so kind. Um, My uh, Instagram is Leah Garber. 
and my uh, business, my extension, my sole business is oraconzolinioga.com and also on Instagram the same. Um, you can practice with me multiple times a week in Berkeley, California or um, online. I'm live streaming everything. Um, and I have my upcoming teacher training in September 15, which is fully hybrid, which is fully online and fully in person. And it's um, eight weekends. We start at 4 a.m. and we nice. are diving so deep. And Matt, you're invited to join to some of the models to see you, to, to you. practice with us if you want to. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. And thank all of you guys for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.